Welcome to Diverse City Church Sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Ray. want to jump straight in. So we're in the I am, man. I just, I challenge you to go back and if you haven't heard, listen, because really I laid a great foundation of, of a theological understanding of what the I am really means. We started in Exodus chapter 3 and just the first encounter with the title I am and, and how the, the title or the bio I am is so much more important than the name of God, which is Yahweh, because Yahweh knows his name, but I am knows his character and we talked about how we need to know who he is and and not just make a request to Jesus on Facebook that that we can say we know of him but that we get to the place that we know him and and I was challenging you through this entire series that we get to the place that we know Jesus Jesus says that he was the I am, that he is the I am. Revelation says that he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He has no beginning of days. He created all things. Everything was made through Jesus. We then talked about how he said, I am the resurrection and the life. We went on to talk about how Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And today I want to talk to you about how Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Yeah, everybody with me? I am the good shepherd. I'm going to read three verses, and then we're going to break it down. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter, excuse me, Psalms chapter 23 today, because really this is one of the greatest passages we can look at when we're looking at the good shepherd. But in John chapter 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I need us to realize and understand just for a moment that Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. See, we have a hard time understanding this because we do not shepherd. We don't understand the analogy. We don't understand what is being said here. But a shepherd is leading his flock And he is willing to lay down his life that his sheep do not get eaten. And Jesus, being the good shepherd, led his flock by dying where we should have. Then in verse 12 it says, But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep. He bounces. He flees. He rolls out. He's gone. Holla, deuces, peace. I'm out. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Then it says in verse 13, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Let, let me get you really understanding what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying that if there are a hundred sheep, And I am the owner of the sheep, and I say to you, I need you to go out and take care of my sheep. And then a wolf comes and tries to attack my sheep, not your sheep, my sheep. What you going to do? You out, right? You're a hireling. You're simply an employee of mine. These are not your sheep. They're my sheep, and ain't nobody going to lose their life over his sheep, right? But when you own the sheep... You're protective of your sheep. 
And Jesus, in this exact example, is saying, I'm not a hireling. When it came time for me to flee, I didn't. When the rubber met the road and things got difficult, I stayed. When I could have bounced and rolled out and thought about my own career, own vocation, own dreams, I stayed the course because you are my sheep. The problem is, is we're being referenced as sheep. That's not a good thing, guys. I mean, anything but a sheep. I mean, could we be a pit bull or an Akita, a wolf, a Great Dane? I mean, something. I mean, a bull mastiff. I mean, something. I mean, a lion, a tiger, a sheep. I mean, y'all, I mean, y'all might not know about sheep, so I just need to tell you that sheep are stupid. Oh, yes, they are. So really, if, I mean, honestly, what Jesus is saying is that we are all, well, <laughs> stupid. I mean, it's really interesting when you look at, at sheep and the way they operate because they are in a flock of, let's say, 100, and it's so phenomenal that none of them really think for themselves. They simply follow the next one. There's a reference about that where Jesus said the blind is leading the blind because sheep without a shepherd are pointless clueless they have no clue what's going on they simply wander aimlessly hoping one day at some point they'll be led to something and they'll be walking along and they'll be like hey are you leading no I'm not leading I'm just following you you're not leading no I'm not leading where are we going I don't know where we're going I think we're going where he's going where are you going I don't know where you're going you know where I'm going I don't know where are we going I don't know that's sheep. Sheep are dumb. It's sheep. Jesus, the, the scripture says that Jesus was like a sheep that he was led to the slaughter to be slain but did not open his mouth. See, now here's what we got to understand. It's talking about Jesus knowing he's about to die but he didn't open his mouth and say, hey, this isn't right. What are you doing? He acted as if he did not know. The scripture is not saying that Jesus was an idiot and didn't know. What it's saying is that sheep are idiot and they don't know. See, because the sheep can be literally being led to the slaughter and they're just like, oh yeah, everything's cool. We're good. Hey guys, God bless you. Boom, dead. Just like that. I mean, just done. Just dumb. So, so we know that, that, that sheep operate in packs. It's like the blind leading the blind. They can't think for themselves. They're dumb if they don't have a leader. They're, they're led into danger and they don't even know it. They're helpless. They're vulnerable. They're weak. And now Jesus is calling us sheep. Oh, boy, I don't like this because I thought the Bible said we fearfully and wonderfully made. You are, but stupid. Yeah, amen. That's good preaching. Some of y'all are thinking right now, boy, I'm so glad my wife's here today. Because I've been telling that for a long time. She ain't got it yet. Some of y'all are thinking, my husband need to hear this like 22 years ago. And I'm so glad that he is here today. And other y'all say, he ain't here today, but I'm going to share this on Facebook right now. This is going live right now. That's my little Facebook live plug. You know what I'm saying? Share that joint. I don't see your phone going out. I still don't see them. <laughs> One, two, all right, cool. Three, into the four. Snoop Doggy Doggy, Dr. Trey is at the door, ready to make an entrance. So I ain't always been saved. Now you got to share it. Come on, man. I'll sing another song. Songs, 
Psalms 23. My pastor's saying, well, you go fast, you cool, boy. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, I walk, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, well, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the most famous passages of Scripture, I believe, in the entire Bible. It really doesn't matter if you are a Christian, if you are an atheist, an anti-theist. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of deity, of God, of faith. This psalm is probably one of the most popular of all the psalms. And this scripture is probably one of the most popular scriptures in all the Bible. This is a scripture that you can be far from God, want nothing to do with God, but when your granny dies, it gets in the program. Right? I mean, it don't matter what funeral you go to, Psalms 23 is almost always there. But, but a lot of us don't really know the meaning or the depth of Psalms chapter 23. And, and I want to just go back and look at this because Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. And if he's the good shepherd, we should look at one of the greatest scriptures about shepherding. And the, and the scripture starts with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what I need you to see is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Everybody say amen. Amen. And and when you realize that Jesus is your shepherd, you have to start letting, letting him shepherd you. See, here's what we don't understand is a lot of times you may have a shepherd, but you have to be willing to relinquish your rights and let him shepherd you. A shepherd can't be a shepherd unless you allowed him to lead you where he wants to lead you. And a lot of us will say the Lord is my shepherd, but you keep shepherding. When you shepherd your own life, you will always want because the only way to not want is to have someone else shepherding you. Well, I don't need someone else to shepherd me. I was taught that I could do anything. I was taught the dreams are mine. I was taught the American dream is up to me. I was taught that if I put my mind to it, I can achieve it. I wrote this. I read this book on motivation. I read this book about success. I read this book about eight points of how I get there. And I want you to know those books will not get you where you need to be because they can only take you so far but Jesus when you say I know that I can only go so far but you can take me all the way shepherd me what you're saying is lead me what you're saying is guide me You're saying protect me. You're saying I am handing over my rights. Yes, I have an education. Yes, I've got a backbone. Yes, I got great work ethic. Yes, I am sober. Yes, I don't drink. Yes, I don't drug. Yes, I know how to shake hands. I got a great resume. I know how to go in and and apply myself. I know how to interview well. Yes, I know how to save my money. I know how to budget. I know how to invest. I know all of these things. But I still gave my life over to Jesus, and I'm letting him lead me my life. When Jesus leads your life, you shall not want. 
And, and really, we, we got to understand something here. Not only are we dumb sheep, but we're dumb Americans. Now, don't, don't get to, don't, just give me a second, please. I'm an American too, so, so don't, don't, don't shoot me. Now, my wife, you know, we might get her. She said that, you know what I'm saying, because she's South African. We might bang you up. All right, never mind. But, um, but we're all dumb Americans. What, what, what does that mean? What it means is contextually, a lot of times, we don't understand what's happening because we are not a part of the culture. So this was being written by a shepherd. Right? Y'all with me? David wrote this. King David. Before David was a king, he was a shepherd. Okay? So now David is writing this, and he says, you know what? I have been a shepherd all my life. The Lord is my shepherd. And a lot of you really don't have an understanding of what that means, so I want us to understand for a moment what David was saying. David was saying, I remember being a boy, and my daddy gave me my first flock And it was up to me to lead them. And David would get up early in the morning before the sunrise, and he would go alone. No sheep, nobody with him, just his rod and his staff. And he would begin to journey out into the woods and the mountainous regions and through the valleys and up the hills. And he would often encounter animals and and attacks and, and vicious things along the way because he's scoping out land. Because he knows in just a few hours that he needs to lead his sheep to green pastures. So David is preparing the, what's ahead for the sheep that are waiting behind. See, Jesus is already preparing things ahead of you while you're still home sleeping, wondering where you're going to eat your next meal. I'm about to start preaching here in just a couple minutes. And David says, okay, so, so I, I'm a shepherd, so, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to start looking around and, and figure out what's a good spot. And, and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to get my sheep and I'm going to take them out. I'm leading them to green pastures. I'm going to lead them to still waters. I'm going to take them through the valleys of the shadow of death. And when the lion and the bear come against me, I'll be able to fight them off because I'm willing as a shepherd to lay down my life for my sheep. See, David understood that his job was to bring them food, bring them protection, nourishment. It was his job to lead them to water. David knew that those sheep didn't have to think about anything. They didn't have to think. They didn't need to think, where's the greenest grass? They didn't need to think, where's the still water? They didn't need to think, where's the lion and the bear? They didn't have to think about all those things. David had it all. And then God said to David, hey, David, I've got your back. He says, yeah, you do, Lord? He says, yeah, you're a shepherd of a hundred sheep, and I'm the God over everything. And I want you to know that I'm your shepherd. And just like you're going to find green grass for them, I'm finding green grass for you. And just like you're out there running, trying to find still waters for the sheep, I'm finding still waters for you. And just like you are protecting them, I'm protecting you. See, because David, remember David with the story with Goliath, he was going up against Goliath, and Goliath says, what are you doing coming up against me? You're just a boy of your youth. I've been fighting since I was a youth. And David says, look, I I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. What he was saying is, you can come against me with your sword, your spear, and your javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, because David was able to reference God as his shepherd. When he stood there against Goliath that day, he wasn't standing against Goliath all by himself. He was standing with a shepherd. That's why David said, you know what? I was out in the field taking care of my daddy's sheep, and a bear came up on me, and I took him out. 
I actually had an encounter with a lion one time, and he wanted to take down the, the, the lamb, and I took the lion out. And, and then God said in that moment to David, he says, David, I'm protecting you along the way. I've got you when you can't see it. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I got you. When it seems like there's no food, I got you. When it seems like a desert, I got you. When your land is barren, I got you. You just need to know that I am your shepherd. And David got excited because he remembered the providence of God and the provision of God. And he pulls out his notepad and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. So what does that mean? Well, for me, it means that my sheep don't need to worry because I take care of them. So what it must mean is I don't need to worry either. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can I tell you that God wants to shepherd you? And when you give over your rights to him and you just leave it in his hands and stop worrying about how it's going to work and when it's going to work and where you need to move and how you're going to move and how's it going to work and I don't understand it. If you just hand it over and say, you know what, I'm not smart enough. I'm just a sheep. (laughs) I mean, all of us, if we're very honest with ourselves, all of us have made plans. And they go like this. (laughs) Right? All of us. Smart I don't care. I don't care. I've met some dumb black people. And I've met some dumb white people. I've met some dumb Asians. Some dumb, I mean, they good at math, though. Real good at math. <laughs> but I met some. I met some dumb Mexicans. Sorry. Because they're everywhere. Everybody. We are all dumb. Have you ever done? It's like we're so brilliant, but we say some of the stupidest things. I mean, think about it. I wish I could think of something right now because I'd gladly put myself on blast. I mean, I do the dumbest stuff. The dumbest stuff. Dumbest. Look for my phone in my pocket. Look for my phone on my phone. Talk about what's going on on Wednesday, and I'm halfway through it. I mean, just dumb stuff. Dumb. I mean, because yes, we're the most intelligent being. Yes, we're made in the image of God. Yes, we're innovative. Yes, we're creative. Yes, we're thinkers. Yes, we're strategic. Yes, we're planners. Yes, we're emotional. And yes, all of these wonderful attributes are in us. But don't get it twisted. We're stupid. Right? No, no, not me, bro. Yeah, you are. You so dumb, you don't even know it. That's how dumb you are. But a smart sheep relies he's dumb and give his life to the shepherd. And then it says in verse 2, so now we understand David. David's writing this, and he understands the context of, of shepherd and shepherding and shepherd and sheep. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Then he says, he leads me beside the still Waters. So, so what's happening here is, is David is saying that God is my shepherd and I don't need to worry about what's going to go on because God's got me. The apostle Paul said that God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that is really coinciding with this scripture here that all of our needs will be met and we won't want a thing because God's got it all taken care of. And now that all of our needs are met, things are taken care of, we're good because the shepherd is leading us. Then it says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
Now, this is really important because it doesn't say he takes me to green pastures. It says that he leads me to green pastures and I lie down. This is important. There's two things we need to see. We need to see green pastures and we need to see that word lie. Both of them. They're both very important. Lie, not like your mama lied, but lie like you lie down. Okay, so you lie down in green pastures. Very important. Because, see, here's the thing. There are green fields out there that a lot of us run to, but you may not be laying down. See, because just because it's green doesn't mean it's better. Oh, boy, I thought it's not reasonable. Oh, God, just feel it. I feel it. In my son and I, I feel it in my son and I. Y'all know where that's at? I don't either. <laughs> but it, it sounds so deep. It, I mean, it, it sounds deep. It, it's the Jewish word for my soul. No, I'm just messing. No, don't believe that because that's, that's, it sounds good. No, no, I feel it in my son and I. What's that deep? That, that's, that's a Jewish, that's a Hebrew word for soul. I, I, so, so, really, he says, I'm going to make you lie down in green pasture. So, so here, here's the, the, the deal. The deal is, a lot of us, when we're leading our own lives, calling our own shots, shepherding ourselves, we will look across and see a field that's greener, greener than ours, don't we? It might be called work. It might be called another wife, another husband, another relationship. Right? Whatever. Whatever the green grass is. They're like, that, 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 that grass is pretty green. So we go over to this grass. And then when you get into that grass and you're there for a while, then you say, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Right? That's what we say. Here's why. Because it's more than just green grass. Can you lie down in your green grass? See, I, see, I got I to explain this to you real quick. See, because a shepherd is not just taking you to a field that's green. He's taking you to a field that's safe. He's taking you to a field that's not filled with fleas and flies and contaminated with all kinds of insects where you can't sit down because you're uncomfortable and it's not an unsafe because there's wolves over the hilltop. It's, it's somewhere that anxiety is low, peace, you're calm, everything is refreshing, you're revived, and not only is the grass green, but it feels good. feels good. See, the shepherd always tries to get his sheep to a green field that has peace. Both. A lot of us, if we're real honest with ourselves, we might be in a green field right now, but there's no peace. Everybody hear me? It, it, you know why it gets quiet? It's because all of us are guilty, including myself, of seeing things that look a whole lot better than where I'm at. And I quickly run to the field on the opposite side of where I am. And I get there, and I'm there for a while feasting on the grass. But then I find out that I can't lay down, and I'm sick to my stomach. I'm nauseous. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I'm worried. I'm fatigued. But yet I can't sleep, and I don't understand what's happening because it was so much greener. It looks so much better because even though it's green, don't mean it's God. Ooh. But when the shepherd's leading you, he goes out when it's nighttime. 
When the shepherd's leading you, he's inspecting the field. He's going over top of the field and seeing if there's any hidden ravines that a lion may lay at. He's looking behind every crack and crevice. He's checking and inspecting the ground. He's making sure that this is a good pasture for you. He's not just looking at the color, but he's looking at the big picture. Can I tell you that Jesus is always looking at the big picture for you? A lot of times you think that he's only looking at one or two things and and you don't really understand what I'm going through. This is what I need. And God is saying, that's not what you need. I know what you need. I am the good shepherd. And if you will follow me, you will not want. And I'll take you to a green pasture and you'll also lie down with no anxiety, no worry, no fear, no stress. And you will sleep all night long. Long. It breaks my heart to see people with green grass but no sleep. That ain't God. Bigger bunnies in your account but more anxiety. That's not God. Can I tell you that when God blesses you, you can still sleep at night? That when God comes through for your life, in your life, and for your life, it feels good? Yes. But when we ourselves are calling the shots, we can't see the big picture. Only God is sovereign. Only only he's able to see all of it. So, So if we don't allow him to lead us, that means we're leading ourselves. And the problem with leading yourself is you can only go by the color. But God's trying to go by the big picture. And then he says, not only will I lead you to green pastures, but I'm going to lead you to still waters. Two words you need to see here, still waters. He wants to give you water to refresh you, but he wants to do it in a place that's healthy, that's safe. See, a lot of us have gotten comfortable being refilled, recharged, and refreshed by things that really are kind of dangerous. And Jesus is saying, if I am leading you, I'm going to lead you to still waters. Think think about rapids, you know, just just fast-moving rapids. As a matter of fact, one day soon, I can't wait to do whitewater rafting. Looks fun. How many of y'all want to do whitewater rafting? A couple of y'all. Hold on, hold on. Let's do this one more time. (laughs) Raise your hand. White, 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 mixed, white. Kirk, shout out to you, my bro. Tamika, hallelujah. Bless you, sister. Amen. And now I got some folks putting your hands up. I'm telling you, the first time I looked across, it was a sea of white people. <laughs> I'm so glad that we can come to church and have fun and be okay. I I mean, I know it's a stereotype, but some things are almost true, bro. I'll never forget one time we was in the community center, and there was an owl in the building. An owl. Owl. Like, owl. Like, whoo. (laughs) And me and Papa John up in there right now. I'm black this day, straight up. I'm going to tell you right now, I am black as can be this day. My white ran out the building down the street. (laughs) Papa John and I in this building, this owl's like this. (laughs) Remember that, Papa John? 
I don't know how it got in the building. It was, I think it was a spirit, but you know. And Papa John's like, how are we going to get it out? How are we going to get it out? We didn't know. We just going to leave it. And I can't even remember who did it, but I know they were white. <laughs> that I know. <laughs> who was it? Bobby? Oh, yeah, he was white and drunk. <laughs> that, that was my buddy. He's like, I got this thing, but I got it for the hood. He, he got that thing out of there like nothing. I'm like, you know he ain't got no, that, his DNA, DNA test came back. There was no black in him at all. <sighs> you could share this on Facebook if you would like to. He leads me, some of y'all's like, unshare right now, unshare, <laughs> change, boop, gone, unliked, unfollowed. <laughs> he leads me beside still water. So, so we were talking about the, the, the white water rapids and how if we went to the edge and we're trying to get a drink out of this crazy body of water that's flowing past us, Yes, there's water available, but man, it's quite dangerous trying to get it. How many of us oftentimes try to find fulfillment and nourishment in a dangerous moment? We can convince ourselves it's okay because it's filling the void of loneliness, but it's dangerous. See, I just stop right there and just keep going. But when, but when the shepherd is leading us, he says, I'm going to take you to a place that's going to fulfill you, satisfy you, nourish you, and the waters will be still. It won't be dangerous for you because I, as your shepherd, have your best interest. Then he says in verse 3, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. The shepherd restores your soul. When, when you allow the shepherd to lead you, you no longer have to worry about where you're going and what it looks like, and you're refreshed because you can live simply knowing that it's all good. God's got me. But when you begin to call your own shots, you're worried about your mortgage. You're worried about your rent. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your children. You're worried about your marriage. You're worried about everything, and you're worried sick to your stomach. Anxiety takes over. And now you're so fearful about tomorrow and how it's going to work out. What happens? You're leading your own life. And when you are your own shepherd, it destroys your soul. But when Jesus is your shepherd, you find peace in you. Because I don't need to worry about tomorrow because God's got all this taken care of. I don't know where I'm going to eat tomorrow, but what I know is Jesus done scoped out the land. I don't know where I'm going to get things taken care of tomorrow, but what I know is Jesus already made provision. Then it says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Here's the most important part, for his name's sake. This, this is so important, for his name's sake. Think about this. Think about the sheep just for a moment. Yes, there's a hundred sheep, and there's a shepherd over the hundred sheep. Yes, the shepherd knows all the sheep and knows them by name. But we as outsiders, when we look at the flock of sheep, we don't see them as John, Sally, Bill, Joe, Harry, and Curly. We see them as David's sheep, right? 
It's David's flock. It's Jesse's flock. It's Jesus' flock. All the credit and glory would go to the shepherd, not the sheep. And, And here Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. And what he's saying is, I get the glory. And what David said was, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm so tired of seeing sheep want their name to be heard. People always ask me, Pastor, is this your church? And I always say, no, it's not. It's God's. Are you, the, are you the sheep? Are you the shepherd? Well, no, Jesus is the shepherd. I just try to be a servant. And, and people say, oh, you know, no, you're the pastor. And I am the pastor, and I shepherd the people, but I never want anyone to get the idea that is important for my name to be recognized and heard because at the end of the day, the reason we are sheep leading the shepherd is that he gets the glory through us. That's the purpose of it. So then Psalms 23 and 4 says, yea, though I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? No evil. No evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, well, they comfort me. And, and really, this is, this is very important because it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So here, I need to get you all's heads around the concept, the analogy of what's taking place. You have David, and David is a shepherd, and David many times goes out in the middle of the night, and he's checking out the land. And what happens is you go up one hilltop, And you come down into the valley. You get to a real low place. And in this valley, it comes like this. And what the Jewish people called it was the valley of the shadow of death. And here's why they called it that. Because in between the valley, the sun's not shining. It's dark. If there's any place that's dangerous, it's here in the valley of the shadow of death. Because in the valley of the shadow of death, you can't see. See, when you're up on top of the mountaintop or on the plain or up on the hilltop, you can see from very far away. So you're walking with your sheep and you say, uh-oh, lions are coming. Uh-oh, there's something after us. And at that moment, the shepherd can adjust and get ready to attack Right? Because think about it. A lion, sometimes lions eat humans, but generally the sheep are going to have a lot more chance of living if the human stands up front with the rod and staff and fight off the lion. For some reason, animals are just scared of humans. And, and, and the, the shepherd would see the lion coming and run out in front and say, I'm going to take care of this. I got this. And he's ready. He's able to make a plan. But what about when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death? You are down in a very low spot. The sun's not shining. There's rocks all around. And you can't even see just a few front, feet in front of you, let alone far ahead to make a plan. And this is where it was the most dangerous because the lions knew this. And they would hide behind the rocks, waiting in the valley of the shadow of death to attack the lambs, the sheep, and whatever else came through that valley. And here the shepherd is leading them. The lambs that are behind them, the sheep, they don't know what's going on. Is that what they do? No, maybe not. (laughs) 
I think I messed that up. What, I was right? Uh, bad. That's my white side, bro. Is that right, JD? <laughs> so look, right, right. So, so you're in the valley of the shadow of death, and you're and you're a bat. And, and, but but you, you're not even worried about it because the shepherd's leading you. He, he's taking you to green pastures. He's taken you to still waters. He's restored your soul. <laughs> If he's taking you to green pastures, you don't have anxiety, you don't have fear, you don't have worry. He took you to the, to the waters that were still. You drank, you're nourished, you're fulfilled. Your soul is fulfilled. You, you no longer have worry, fear, anxiety. Everything is complete. In, inner man, wonderful. Everything's going great. Why do I need to worry when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death? And, and what happened was the sheep would at this moment just walk. They wouldn't even consider the danger around them because their shepherd's leading them. They figure, my shepherd's already done all the homework. My shepherd knows where the rocks are. My shepherd knows where the traps are. My shepherd knows where the lion is. My shepherd knows where the enemies are. And I don't need to worry about what's happening. I can just close my eyes and bask in the presence of God and just know that it's all good and he's got my back. And these lambs would simply walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And they would have no worry, no fear, no anxiety. They weren't upset. They weren't scared. They weren't looking over their back. They didn't have to worry about how it's going to work out. Was the devil going to win? Because they knew that they had a shepherd leading them. I need someone to know that if you really have Jesus leading you as your shepherd, you should get to a place in your walk with God that you can be in the lowest of lows, in the darkest of darks, in the worst of the worst, and you can say with all confidence that you have that God is my shepherd and I shall not want. And though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no boss, I will fear no job, I will fear no bank. I will fear no government. I will fear no economy crisis. I will fear no evil because thou art with me. And if he is with me, I'll go wherever he wants me to go and I'll walk wherever he wants me to walk and I'll do whatever he wants me to do because he is with me. See, sometimes we get scared in the valley Because you forget Jesus is with you. If you know Jesus is with you, there ain't no, I wish I could sing because I start singing, ain't no valley. Man, I wish I could sing. Lord, give me that spirit of Angie or Serena, Quincy, somebody right now. Oh, all right, here we go. All right. Family of God, no no jokes. The enemy wants us to be in the lowest part of our lives and we're so filled with fear. But I, I need you to understand that you have a shepherd that's going before you into your dark place. You have a shepherd that's going before you. You can't see what's around the corner, but he knows. You don't know how it's going to work out, but he does. He, he's already scoped it out. <laughs> 
And if you really think about this thing, you've got to go through the valley to get to the green pastures. And a lot of us are like, whoa, that's a little bit scary. I think I'll stay here. Kind of like Peter, like, you want me to walk on the water? Okay, I'm going to walk in the water. But then things get tough, and you want to take it back, right? You fall in. And, and that's what happens a lot of times. We're willing for God to take us to the green pastures until we get to the valley. And then we're like, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to just keep going to church, keep shouting. Keep getting my money. I'm just going to call it safe. No, no. God is looking for people to walk out of the boat and to get into the valley of the shadow of death and trust that he is with you. And even though all hell is breaking loose around you and it doesn't make sense, it doesn't feel good, you can say with all that courage and confidence that's in you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of his testimony. Yes. So what? Uh, real quick, I'm gonna, I want to wrap up. I don't know how, but I'm going to try. It says, you are with me. So we're not going to fear evil. We're not going to be worried about the shadow of death. Why? Well, because he's with us. And then it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So, so the rod and staff. So, so go home later and, and just Google rod or staff. Or maybe you already know what it is, a rod. The rod and staff, is, it's got this hook on it. Just imagine the candy cane, but it's not really a J. It's more of a this way, boom, and then down. Y'all got that? Okay. And it had two parts. It had the straight end and it had the hook. Both of them very important. And, and what David was saying was God uses his rod and his staff on us. The rod and the staff really does three things. There's protection, there's correction, and there's inspection. Three things. Protection, correction, inspection. Everybody with me? Protection, correction, inspection. Number one is correction. What God does with the, the staff or what the shepherd does is it takes that hook and it takes it, puts it around the lamb and says, you're going the wrong way, bro, and pulls it back in. Right? It, it pulls it back in. Get back in here. Get over here. That's, right? That's Mortal Kombat. Y'all don't know that. Um, and it pulls him back in and, 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 and it yokes him up. Because the shepherd cares about his sheep. And he's not going to be like, oh, you're dumb. If you want to fall off the cliff, you just go. No, that's not what the shepherd does. The good shepherd will see the cliff coming. And before he lets him just go over, will take his hook and pull him back in. So what the shepherd does for us is many times we're going way astray. And thank be to God, he somehow, some way pulls us back in over and over and over again. I tell you, I am thankful for the rod and staff because there's been times in my life that I wanted to leave my wife. Yes, leave my wife. I want, I'm fed up with the ministry. I'm ready to call it quits. I'm ready to throw in the towel. There's got to be more to life than this. I'm ready for more money. I'm ready for more something. St. Lewis ain't doing it. My wife ain't doing it. This whole father thing ain't doing it. And just when I'm about to walk off the cliff, can I tell you the good shepherd shows up in my life and he begins to pull me back in and says, no, son, I need to keep you on the straight path. You're dumb. You're stupid. And you don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to lead you while you can't lead yourself. I tell you, the grace of God has pulled me back in so many times. I wanted to call it quits. I was going way but the shepherd showed up in my life. Aren't you thankful for the shepherd? So y'all too sanctified. You won't talk about that stuff. But I tell you, my life has been unmanageable. And Jesus pulled me back in every single time. 
Then he says, talking about the rod, the staff, we know that the other part, there's the discipline, the correction, there's the protection. So he's beating folks up with this. The shepherd is straight beating folks up. I want you to know that Jesus is fighting devils on your behalf. Jesus is fighting for you. You don't need to go to work with a bad attitude. Jesus, I got this. Jesus got this. You don't need to go and put a, uh, together a plan on how you're going to get out, how you're going to be seen, how you're going to do this, how you're going to. Jesus has already got this. You just need to let him do what he does. That's why Jacob said, what you, you wanted to send me away with nothing. If it had been for you, I'd be leaving with nothing. But I thank God that while you're not rewarding me, my God is rewarding me. And people may not reward you, but our God is working behind the scenes rewarding, fighting off enemies and setting up a platform that we can be exalted and give our king, our shepherd, the I am, all the glory. And the third thing is the inspection. It says that the shepherd would take the staff and he would go over his flock with the staff. And he'd simply rub it over top of them and what it did is it exposed the burrs on them. And what happens is these burrs were things that got matted up and, 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 and knotted in them and would hurt and be prickly and make them look ugly and do all kinds of stuff. I don't know what else it did. I'm not a shepherd. But I know that the shepherd would inspect the flock. God's always expecting, inspecting his sheep. The Holy Spirit is always checking us, inspecting us, and correcting us, and challenging us, and convicting us. And the moment you are satisfied with the correction, you're okay with the protection, but Lord, you don't want the inspection, then you don't want the shepherd. Because it's a package deal. Don't just ask for God to protect you, but you don't want him to correct you. Don't ask God to correct you, but you don't want him to inspect you. That's why David said, I need you to search on the inside of me. Those inner sins, those things I don't even know about, that hidden stuff, because I don't want no mess in me. We need to invite God to start running his staff and rod over top of our lives and calling out all the mess in us and renewing us and reviving us and making us new. I'm preaching to somebody. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Somebody's getting a breakthrough today. Somebody is being challenged and encouraged and revived today. I believe it. Then he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look, look, God don't need to prepare a table for you when everything's going good. God can set your table. He can put your salad plate. He can put your main course plate. He can put your little side dish with, with your, your little cute coffee cup on top of it. And he, he can put your salad fork, your main entree fork, your, your, your spoon for your soup, your main spoon. And See, I'm kind of hood, so I don't really know how all this works, but, 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 but he sets it up. Right? He, he sets it good, and, and there's, there's a method to it. You know, a lot of us folks here, we go to eat in places like this, and we don't know where to start. We're like, whoa, what's going on with all this stuff here? Three forks, two spoons, two knives, four plates, two glasses, and one cup. I'm just a hood dude. what I do? And, and here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm preparing a table for you. Well, when you think about a table, you're thinking about, th- it's time for you to sit back and chill. It's Thursday. It's, it's, it's the fourth Thursday of, of November. It, this, this is Thanksgiving. We're sitting back. We're we making it big. We're sitting out a spread. It's Thanksgiving. 
It's Christmas. It's Easter. You got to spread. Everything's decked out. And Jesus is saying, I'm preparing a table for you. But he says, I, I need you to get this. I'm not going to prepare a table when everything's just going good. I can prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. See, a lot of us think that our life needs to change before the banquet comes. Some of y'all need to hear this. Some of you think that the table can't be set until you get your enemies out of your life. Some of you think you can't feast until you get through the famine. Can I tell you that you can feast in the middle of the famine? Can I tell you you can have water in the middle of a drought? Can I tell you that God will give you what you need in the middle of your wilderness? He will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies and what people may meant for evil, God will flip it around for good. He'll deck it out for you and say, my son, my daughter, I'm going to fill your cup and I'm going to fill it so high that your cup runneth over. Can I tell you that God wants to fill your cup this morning and he wants it to run over and continue to run over. He doesn't want it to dry out. He doesn't want it to end. He wants to continue to bring blessings after blessing after blessing in your life but he can only do it if you allow him to lead you and not you lead yourself. And lastly, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. <laughs> Here's what I just thought of about this right here. As David is laying this picture for us about the good shepherd we shall not want, he makes us lay down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores my soul for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Right? And then, look what happens. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You fill my cup with oil. My cup runneth over. I'm running over. I've got more than enough. I'm abundant. But now the dinner's over. Right? Now the dinner's over. You, you ate in the green pasture. You got water at the still waters. Your soul has been refreshed. You feel alive and well. He laid out the table for you and you ate. So, so things went good. You were successful and you're like, God, you're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. But somewhere along the line, we think that he can't lead us there again. Somebody needs to hear this. See, some of y'all have eaten in the green pastures of God before. Some of y'all have drank from the still waters before. Some of you all have had your souls restored. Some of you have had a table decked out in the presence of your enemies. And while they wanted you to fall, you're steady going up. But now you find yourself at a low spot. And you're wondering, can this ever happen again? Can I get green grass again where I lie down? Can I get still waters where I drink and I'm not scared? Can my soul be refreshed again? Can I have a table again? Can it happen again, God? I know you're the shepherd. Go back to the scripture. I know that you're the shepherd, please. I know that you're the shepherd and you've done it before. But right now I'm in a bad place. Can you do it again? And it says, surely. 
goodness and mercy. You don't need to run after the green field because the green field's running after you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I, Jesus is saying, I went before you before and I'll go before you again and I'll go before you again and I'll go before you again and when it seems like it's all dried out and there's nothing for you anymore, I'll go before you again and again and again and again because surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, we need to get this. I don't need to chase green grass anymore. I don't need to chase nourishment anymore. I don't need to chase fulfillment in me anymore. I don't need to chase a decked out dinner table anymore because surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Wherever I go, mercy's there. Wherever I go, goodness is there. Wherever I go, the grass is green. Can I tell you that a believer will turn brown grass into green grass because Jesus is their shepherd? They'll turn bad water into good water and a bootleg fold-out table into a banquet center? Can I tell you that God is able and capable to do all things and we simply need to say Lord I believe you at your word some of you are so broken right now and you're wondering how when where what and I just stopped by to tell you today I really feel that the Lord told me to tell you that he's the I am He's the I am. He's the great I am. He is the good shepherd. And if you allow him to shepherd you, there's green grass coming for you. There's still waters coming for you. There's a restored soul coming for you. There's a banquet table being set up in the middle of your chaos. Goodness and mercy are going to keep following you. It may be a bad season, but just hold on because God's coming through. God's coming through. God's coming through. Look, look, we don't do this. Look at you. We, we, we don't do this. We ain't black enough. But look at your neighbor and say, God's coming through. This is what we do in the black church. This is what I grow up with. This is what I grew up with right here. Look at your neighbor and say, God's coming through. And then look at your other neighbor and say, God's coming through. The, the God is coming. Now you got to tell yourself, God is coming through. 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 I don't know how, but he's coming. I don't know when, but he's coming. God is coming through. He's coming. He's coming. It don't look good. I don't care. He's coming. It don't sound good. I don't care. He's coming. God is coming through. Father, I pray right now that this message today has empowered us, challenged us, encouraged us, and that we are becoming better people for you and your glory. Help us to realize that if we tap into the I am, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the wonderful leader, that we have nothing to worry about. May your will be done, Father. If anyone here says, Pastor, boy, that, boy, you, you, pre boy you, you did it today, Pastor. That, that's, that, that word was for me. That, that word was for me. I, I, that word was for me. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm looking for green grass. I'm looking for still waters. I'm looking for a restored soul. I'm looking for goodness and mercy to follow. Pastor, that was for me. 
Three weeks ago, God gave you that message for me today. If that's you, can you join me? Join me right now. Join, join me right now. Right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Join me. Join me. Join me. Join me. We're, we're, gonna, we're doing this together. 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 Everybody, come on. Come on. Come on. If that's you, come on. Come on. Don't wait. Don't be ashamed. It's all good. We're all, we're all here. We're all here. We want it. We want it. We want it. We want it. We want more of you, God. We want more. We want more. We want more. We want you to do something new. We want you to do something new. Let's claim this together. 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 Look, grab, grab the person beside you. Look at who they are. You don't need to know their name. Just look at who they are and begin to prophesy over their life. God's going to come through. Green pastures are coming in your life. Look, grab, grab come on, grab everybody, grab somebody, touch your shoulder, do something, and begin to prophesy over them. God's coming through. Say it, say it. Prophesy over them. Say it. God is coming through. God is coming through. Pray for them. Pray for them. God's coming through. God's about to do something. God, I pray a breakthrough. I pray revival. I pray restoration. I pray that your will will be done. Lord, I pray that you will show up in the valley of the shadow of death. I pray that you will do a work right now. That you'll prepare a table in the presence of their enemies, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy life. I prophesy joy. I prophesy love. I prophesy peace. I prophesy mercy and goodness. I prophesy a table to be prepared in the presence of their enemies. I prepare. I pray that you will bless them, Lord, and Anoint them and use them in an incredible way and for your glory in the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus. It's who you are. It's who Thank you for joining us and we hope this message blessed you. 